church folks mistreat me. And maybe sometime my first response was to defend myself or, or to pray one of David's prayers, God, would you just take care of that? But after I get over that, I've seen over and over and over again as I begin to pray for God to place a need in that person's life and give me the privilege of meeting the need. Now, if my motivation is to get the best of them, God's not going to answer that. But if my motivation is I want to be redemptive, and Lord, if you put them in a position of need and then show me the need and give me the privilege of stepping and meeting the need, it is amazing what happens to the other person. Because you see, your prayer becomes redemptive. When you start interceding for those who hurt you and wrong you, I want to tell you, my friend, if your prayer is godly and your motivation is pure and your motivation is not that they'll stop hurting you and not that they'll stop gossiping against you and not that they'll stop being malicious, but your prayer is redemptive. God, I want to see you do something in that person's life. God is going to work some fascinating things in the life of that other person. And you see, what you will have done, you will to some degree have become, listen now carefully, the savior of the other person's life. I didn't say save their soul. But some people in their hatred and bitterness and animosity, they will absolutely destroy themselves if someone doesn't step in and redirect their thinking and their thought patterns and their actions and their attitude. They will be eaten up with bitterness and resentment and hatred. Listen, those things are as bad as cancer more than likely one of these days, we're going to discover they may be a contributing factor. And so you see what happens is God will use your intercessory prayer for those who may despise you and hate you and abuse you. God will use your prayer to be so redemptive you will literally, by your prayers, save that person from wrecking and ruining and ultimately destroying their life. He says we're to pray for our enemies. Well, listen to what he says. Not only he says are we to pray for them, but he says, notice, whoever hits you on the cheek Offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it. And just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same fashion. Now, I want to take verse 29 and 30, uh, 30 together here. What he's saying is this. We are not to defend ourselves. That doesn't mean that we're to stand there and get beat up. We let somebody come in our house and just back a truck up and empty it while you and your family stand there and watch them steal you. Sightful, not blind, just steal from you. That's not what he's talking about. He's simply saying, listen, when you're wronged, don't defend yourself. Then how am I to respond? Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 for a moment. Look at a couple of verses here. And let's begin with verse 8 and read verse 8 and verse 9. He says, to sum up, let all be harmonious sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, not returning evil for evil. Doesn't mean to understand that and get beat up. I'm just not to return evil for evil, and that's what he's saying here when he says, whoever hits you, turn the other cheek. Jesus stood, and as the soldier hit him, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus turned the other cheek and said, hit me on this side. Rather, he said to that soldier, he said, why did you hit me? Did I answer improperly? Look in John chapter 18. Let's, let's read that verse together because somebody may say, well, now, wait a minute now. We're talking about turning the other cheek. Chapter 18. And Jesus here is being questioned by the high priest and so forth. And so in verse 21, why do you question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. Behold, these know what I said. Verse 22. 
And when he had said this, one of the officers standing by gave Jesus a blow, saying, Is that the way you answer the high priest? Now, Jesus' response was, If I've spoken wrongly, bear witness of the wrong. But if rightly, why do you strike me? He wasn't defending himself. He was saying, Why do you do that? So when he says this, we're not to stand and allow ourselves to be beaten up. On the other hand, he says, Don't defend yourself. You may have to walk off. You may have, have to listen to a lot of abuse. You don't have to abuse back. You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to try to get vengeance. We don't have to try to defend ourselves. And what he's saying here is when you and I are wronged, whether verbally or otherwise, he says, don't engage in the same kind of response toward the other person. Thank you for listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. His message, How to Handle Those Who Hurt You, continues tomorrow. No matter how we've been hurt, we're not to seek vengeance or let resentment set in. Believers are to respond with Christ's unconditional love, empowered by the Holy Spirit. To listen again, click on the link to Today on Radio at intouch.org. And that's where you can find out more about forgiveness and restoration. Open our online bookstore if you'd like to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, How to Handle Those Who Hurt You. Again, you'll find these resources at intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. How has the Lord met your needs over the years? A story about God's provision is on the way in today's Moment with Charles Stanley. Dad, Dad, Dad! What, buddy? Did you order a ground-off gift? You still want to get the same one we talked about last night? Yes. I think we got it. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! Come on in! Oh, thank you, Nolan. The prayer blanket! The prayer blanket. <laughs> Merry Christmas, buddy. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, Christmas is a time of sharing. Go to intouch.org slash store to find gifts that bless for the Christmas season. Do you take sermon notes on the back of your bulletin, jot scripture references on the offering envelope? Start keeping things in one place, one organized place, with the InTouch Note-Taker's Journal. This leather, soft journal contains 150 pages for taking notes and includes Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles. Find everything in one convenient place with the InTouch Note-Taker's Journal. Call toll-free 1-800-IN-TOUCH or visit intouch.org. You're listening to In Touch. It's important for Christians to remember that God is our provider. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. And I can remember growing up when my mother obeyed God and trusted Him to meet our needs. There were very, very, very few things that we had. We had lots of needs. And yet as I look back over those years and see how my mother trusted God and how oftentimes she would say, we have to trust the Lord now to be able to pay the rent at the end of this week. We had to pay it every week. I remember also at Christmas time when I knew that we didn't have anything and I was wondering if I was going to get anything and my mother would say, I'm sure God will provide. Now at that time I probably was thinking that she was thinking, maybe that I was thinking Santa Claus 
She was thanking God. I don't know which was which. I just know this, that surprisingly on Christmas Eve, someone brought us this tremendous basket, not only of food, but also of toys. And as I look back over those years and realize what I was learning is watching my mother trust God, watching her and listening to her say, well, we'll just see how God works all this out. Well, there came a time very shortly when I needed some money and I didn't have any and uh, my mother didn't have any to give me, and I got a paper out and started making some of my own money. After that, I noticed and praying and trusting God and watching Him work, going to college, didn't have any money, had $75 to my name. He provided me a scholarship. As I look back over the years and see how God has provided, over and over and over again, He's kept His Word because that's who He is. God desires to meet all of our needs. And one of the most precious passages in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 6, when he talks about our needs, the things that we wear, what we have to drink, the clothing, every aspect of our life, God has promised to provide. You can learn more about God's faithfulness at intouch.org. And if this program has encouraged you to know Jesus better, please let us and the people around you know Tomorrow on In Touch, we'll hear more about the familiar biblical command to turn the other cheek in part two of How to Handle Those Who Hurt You on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. A break point, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. In the competitive world of online status mongering, courage involves little more than clicking like or earning a mention in a post that could risk losing a follower or two. Real courage is, of course, something else entirely. It's about doing the right thing when there are real costs at stake. It's taking an unpopular stand, even a dangerous one, when sitting back and doing nothing would be far easier. During the darkest days of communist tyranny in Europe, governments would spout their dangerous nonsense and citizens were expected, often by intimidation, to act as though their folly were true. To refuse meant to be socially ostracized and police supervised, not to mention facing the loss of opportunity and freedom and the compromise of personal safety. So most citizens ducked their heads and did what they had to to survive. Others, however, made a difficult choice, the choice to stand up. Their courage did not always entail taking up arms or taking to the streets, but in a world where dissent was costly, to simply refuse to go along. Among those who showed that kind of courage was the Mendova family of Czechoslovakia, a family that's featured in the book Live Not By Lies by Rod Dreher. As Dreher wrote, quote, she was a dissident. She kept the family together when the communists put her husband in prison. When Vaclav was tempted by an offer to accept exile in exchange for liberty, she bucked him up, told him that the things they were fighting for were worth suffering for, too. Journalist Terry Mattingly put it this way, quote, It didn't matter if the communists had imprisoned her husband, the late Vaclav Benda, a leading Czech dissident and Catholic intellectual. It didn't matter that state officials had bugged their flat near the medieval heart of the city. And it didn't matter if a friend showed up after being tortured at the secret police facility just a block away, end quote. They were faithful through years of pressure, threats, and fears, and Camila Bendova showed her children, local students, and fellow citizens throughout that resistance is not futile. Her life is a lesson to us in this cultural moment. Though what we face is less openly dangerous, it's still confusing and consequential. 
Mattingly put it this way, quote, traditional families now face threats that are harder to identify than those of the communist era, says Camila Bendova. Warning children about the secret police is one thing. In a way, it may be harder for today's parents to convince their children to be truly countercultural in an age of social media narcissism, gender confusion, online pornography, and credit card materialism, end quote. Though we do not face the exact tactics of Marxist regimes, we do face the expansive power of a de facto social credit system. We're holding to the wrong opinion certainly comes with a social cost. And Britain, railing against Jewish people and the whole of Western civilization, is completely acceptable, even encouraged, but silently praying outside an abortion clinic can bring a visit from the police. So for the Christian, now is the time for courage. The kind of courage that refuses to go along with dominant paradigms when it would be easier to just be quiet. The Mendova family knew that their children would require tools if they were to think critically and carefully about the world that they lived in. Our children will too, especially in this age of expressive individualism and ever-loud propaganda. So we can learn from Camila Mendova what this kind of intentional parenting entails. How Christians Can Have a Courageous Faith is the full focus of the 2024 Colson Center National Conference. It will be held May 30th to June 2nd in Arlington, Texas. And joining Camilla Bendova and Rod Rare will be Dr. Albert Moeller, Father Calvin Robinson, Dr. Sean McDowell, Dr. Kathy Cook, author Neil Shinby, and more. Only a few hundred spaces remain, so register by going to colsonconference.org. That's colsonconference.org. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Timothy Paget. For more resources to live like a Christian, go to breakpoint.org.